Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. The effects of sound healing on those of us who are intensely sensitive. Welcome everybody. It's Diane here with a really, really good friend of mine, Rosie Warburton. She is a sound healer, has been a sound healer for, oh, I don't know, over 20, 30 years, something like that, a long time, but she'll tell you about it. Rosie is, is really adept at working with people with lots of overexcitabilities and intensities and also the sensitivity of spiritual giftedness like intuition and empathy. And I'm asking her to be on the show to talk to us about how sound and sound healing can help regulate and soothe a very, very sensitive nervous system like mine and like yours. So Rosie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so delighted you're here and I'm so delighted that you have instruments to play for us because one of the things I really love about having being around you and being in your presence is all the amazing instruments like everywhere and I know that in the camera field is just a small selection of them uh, and it's so fun to see all the different things that you come up with to really help people heal. So I want to start off by letting everybody kind of get to know you a little bit. Like, how, what interested you in sound healing anyway? And, and how did it all kind of get started? And that way, then they'll have an understanding of kind of like where you came from so we can say where we're going. Well, it's really interesting because this whole thing about being an extremely sensitive individual I was so hypersensitive to sound as a kid. And a lot of sound was jarring for me. A lot of different kinds of sounds really upset my nervous system. Fireworks, I would just like have meltdowns going to fireworks because I couldn't handle the sound and, you know, just loud noises in general. And so it's really interesting to me that that's what became my gift of being able to being able to offer sound as a healing modality and my sensitivity i i hadn't actually it's interesting that you asked because i hadn't actually thought about it in this way you know my level of sensitivity but it's also what has allowed me to be able to attune to other people who are extremely sensitive on different levels, whether it's on a, you know, physical auditory level and emotional level, but of being able to just, to just come in with that level of subtlety and sensitivity. And, and I mean, I, I've been around other people who have worked with sound and, and many of them are wonderful and very sensitive. And, and some of them think, oh, you know, this crystal bowl is so cool and I can just play it. And all of a sudden I'm like, I need to get out of this room. You know, and and one of the keys, you know, is subtle to me, to me. And the way that I work is 
is subtlety and intuition and being able to go in very, very gently. So I think about it, you know, in terms of in terms of healing, one of the things that I think about is the way is the way one plays the gong to bring the best, fullest sound out of the gong is by approaching it really slowly and gently and allowing that sound to emerge. And and it's very much the same as doing hands-on healing work. You know, for me, I'm also a licensed massage therapist. So the difference, you know, when somebody has a tight muscle in their back as to whether you dig in or whether you just go in slowly and gently and then start just encouraging things with sound, with touch, with intention, with all of that to relax and let go with a safe, with a sense of safety. And I'm not sure that that (laughs) answered very much of your question. There's a lot I can tell you about how I got started in my teachers and and all of that. I actually started with my voice. That was the that was the beginning of my work. And sound healing was just using the voice and toning. Um, and that slowly over years led me to acquiring all these different instruments. Like you said, this is this is a tiny little <laughs> little <laughs> section of of all of the instruments that I use and play with. So Oh, that's amazing. So when we're talking about sound healing, and and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I really want to make this clear for everybody that it's not simply auditory, the auditory part of the sound. There is healing in the vibration and the essence and the energy of the sound as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Because sound waves continue to move. It's not like you hit the gong or you hit the bowl or you, you know, you, you play the strings on the guitar that it's like, there's the sound and then it stops. No, there's, you know, even on the physical level, on the physical plane, sound waves continue to move. And so, so there, there is another level of subtlety, you know, on the energetic level, on the auditory level, you know, as sound fades and we we can no longer hear it with our ears, but those vibrations continue to move and continue to affect the brain waves, continue to affect our whole bioenergetic system. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that to me is like where the real healing is. It's kind of like the rectifying of whatever the the riff or whatever it is that is creating that kind of separation that, that the vibration and the energy of it help bring things together the way they were meant to be. Am I correct? Am I close? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think of the body as like a symphony orchestra, you know, that because everything, everything, everything in the physical world is vibrating. Everything is resonating. Everything is vibrating. Everything has a particular vibrational frequency, resonant frequency. So the body 
the bones, the nerves, the blood, the 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 organs, the you know, there's all of these different components that all have particular frequencies. And so, you know, you think of an orchestra being the violins out of tune. Well, the violins out of tune, everything, I mean, obviously in an orchestra, by the time they all get to playing together, that violin better be in tune. That's another thing. But, but, you know, when an instrument is out of tune in a collection of instruments, everything, nothing, nothing is right. And everything gets sort of thrown out of whack. And it's just how it is with the body. So if you can, if you can fine tune those different areas, you know, then, then everything, everything harmonizes. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I I love that imagery of the orchestra like that, because it's, it's so powerful. Tell everybody a little bit about what a sound journey is. You do sound journeys and I oh. want you to talk about your your version of sound journey and how you do it. And I believe you're like one of the people, if you're not the person who came up with that term. But because I've, I've had other people say, well, it's a sound journey and they have like two crystal bowls and that's it. And I don't know what that means. My experience with you is quite different. And so explain to everybody, like if they're going to look into a sound journey, say, or a sound experience, you know, what is it? And how do you determine if it's something that resonates with you? I guess obviously experience it and how you feel it. But what happens? What do you do in a sound journey? I know that it's it's magical. I love doing them with you. But explain to everybody what that is. Well, (laughs) I'll explain to you how I came up with that term, because I think that kind of says a lot. I was doing a workshop, I don't know, years ago, 20 20 some years ago, I was doing a workshop up in Canada and and I was introducing people. It was an introduction to sound healing, introducing different sound healing modalities. Mm -hmm. And at that time, this was like in the in the late 90s, I guess. And at that time, my only experience of a quote unquote, what could be called a sound journey was a gong bath. I had been to a, I had been to a sound healing conference a couple of years earlier and this wonderful gong master and probably some people would know of him through the Kundalini yoga community, Don Conroe did a gong bath. And so we had these huge gongs and it was in a really big room and they were set up around the room. And it was this amazing, amazing experience. Well, a few years later, I'm up in Canada and I'm teaching a sound healing workshop and I didn't have nearly the number of instruments that I have now. I mean, you can see maybe three or four. I don't even not sure quite what one, two, three, four, five. So you can maybe see all five crystal bowls in here. But, you know, that's five out of, you know, 15. And I've got a few Tibetan singing bowls out of, you know, my own collection of like 25 singing bowls, more gongs, etc. At the time, I had one of this, one of that. I had a little gong. I had one crystal bowl. I had a couple of flutes. I had a rattle. I think I had a drum. But anyway, we had been doing an exercise where we would have one person lay down in the center of the group 
and everybody would pick an instrument or use their voice and we would play for that one person. So we would do give give each person got a little group healing. And at the at the end of it, we were done and they said, now we have to do you. And so I lay down on the floor and I'm lying there and they're bathing me in this sound. And I and all of a sudden I sat up, I was like, I've got an idea. I'm going to do a workshop called sound bathing. And so and nobody was using the term sound bath that I'm aware of. I certainly hadn't heard it. And and I began developing this modality of a sound bath, which was just an immersion in different instruments, you know, that we could call them, you know, sacred sound healing instruments. And I, and I think when you term that it's not, oh, a crystal bowl is sacred. It's all about the intention. Of course, it's not that Mm -hmm. one instrument is sacred and one instrument isn't, you know, it's the intention of healing around it. And so, so I started doing these, you know, and I was sort of calling them sound healing meditations. And then I started doing them somewhere on a regular basis and people were coming and they were having these experiences where they would sit up and they go, I was just in the mountains in Peru and I was flying on the back of a condor. They they tell me these amazing experiences that I was you know, I don't know, whatever. I, I, I There's so many wild experiences that people told me that they had. And I was like, oh, this isn't a meditation. This is a journey. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else would sit up and go, oh, I had this pain in my shoulder and now it's gone. I, I haven't been able to lift my arm over my head for three months. And I'm like, and they're having healings. This was not, I just, wanted to introduce people to different forms of sound. And, and really my intention around it was because nobody knew what sound healing was. So to be able to do private sessions, I had to find a way to just kind of introduce people. And that was, that was what it was really about was an introduction so that, you know, maybe some people would want to come and have private sound healing sessions, but what it they took a life of their own. It became mm-hmm. its own modality. I I didn't have any intention or even vision around that. It was just, I just knew that when people experience these sounds in the right environment, played the right way with a particular intention that they dropped in really fast and had extraordinary healing sound journeys. <laughs> that's the name. <laughs> so right. that's what I've called them now for, for about 20 years. I've called them healing sound journeys. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's- and I would I would have to say that you don't need 20 bowls. You don't need a giant gong. You know, my little gong that I started off with was a little. 14 inch gong, maybe it might've been smaller than that. You know, I had one little gong. I had, you know, 
like I said, one crystal bowl, one Tibetan bowl, a couple of flutes, and any one of these instruments can can take you can take you somewhere depending on how it's played and depending also some people cannot stand the crystal bowls some people and and it's not just the way that they're played it's that's uh, something about the frequency you know one of my sisters cannot stand the sound of the violin like there's something about it that's so abrasive to her you know so so as far as choosing well what would work there's so much about what you resonate with. And one of the things that I tell people in the beginning of a sound journey, you know, is if something comes up that makes you feel uncomfortable, see what happens when you breathe into that. Mm-hmm. And, and I have had people tell me extraordinary healing experience that they had experiences that they had from just doing that, that they might have moved through a traumatic memory or or just some really uncomfortable emotional stuff came up for them. And then they said, well, you know, I did what you said and I just breathed into it because, because that's the key, right? We have resistance to something you know what they say, what you resist persists, right? So what happens if you just drop into that feeling and go, ooh, you know, what's this coming from? Why is it making me so uncomfortable? And can I just breathe into it Mm -hmm. and move through it? And I've had people tell me that one of the instruments that I was playing was disturbing for them in whatever way. Sometimes rattles can be, can feel abrasive to people. You know, it, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It stirs, stirs up the nervous system, like almost peripherally. And, and that can be disconcerting to people. And then I've had them tell me, and all of a sudden I didn't hear it anymore. And I wasn't aware of it until you picked up the next instrument. Mm -hmm. Right. I've had that experience. And, and I remember when it was, I don't know, a very long, I, probably not a whole year, maybe it was six or eight months where I would come to your sound healing place in Sarasota when we were, or in St. Pete, when we were back in Florida, because neither of us are in Florida now, we're both in North Carolina. Every Monday night, it was sound journey night. And it was the most profound experience every Monday night. And some Mondays, I wouldn't sleep the whole night. And it was, and I realized later I was getting all of these spiritual downloads. All my intuition was really opening up and catching on. And, and so it was not only the profound experience during the sound journey, which was always amazing, but I also had a complete opening like every night. So I started to learn after I think the third or fourth week going, okay, Monday nights, we're not going to sleep very much. So just don't try to, I don't go there and just be in the flow of what would happen. And I started really appreciating the depth of the healing, but more than that, the depth of the awakening and the depth of the transformation. And so it's not just about healing in that I'm sick, I need healed. It also has to do with raising vibration and consciousness and awakening our inner gifts and our, our who we are that's meant to show up in the world. It gives us permission to let that emerge. So it's a very deep experience. So what I'm thinking is if you wouldn't mind playing a few of the instruments for us 
and just give us a little mini couple minute taste of what it would sound like to be in your presence if we were going to have the beginning of a sound journey or a sound experience. And just let everybody hear it for, you know, just a couple minutes. You don't mind, do you? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. So if you're not driving, you could might want to close your eyes and just listen for just a few minutes. If you are driving, you can listen anyway with your eyes open. You're still going to love it. feel the reverberations just going all the way through my being and I was imagining myself in the sound healing room <laughs> oh talk about safety and beauty and like just immersion how oh, I love it thank you so much for that little taste it's almost like a tease you know like it's it's like I want more I want more so anyway I have some other questions for you though one of the questions is I have a lot of people who follow this show and they're very science oriented. They're very linear, even though they have high, high intuition and they're very sensitive people. They don't necessarily see it as a gift. They, they see themselves more linear. And how could sound healing or a sound journey or a sound experience, might would call it a sound experience because you do so many different things. How could a sound experience support somebody who 
has an intellectual overexcitability, so they're thinking a lot, or maybe they have a physical overexcitability, so they're moving a lot. And how can sound support somebody who's just living in that that higher energy of movement a lot in order to be happier, live healthier, or just have a better life? How does sound work for that? So there's really, really simple sound tools that have very particular effects on on the physiology and on the brain, on the central nervous system, on the uh, lowering cortisol levels, uh, releasing endorphins, all of that kind of stuff. The, the, the Himalayan singing bowls, I don't know. Let's see whether you can hear this one. So that's just, you know, one little example that the, the, the Himalayan bowls in particular have more than one tone. They're creating more than one tone at a time. You're getting a fundamental tone. You're sometimes getting a lower undertone. You're getting a higher overtone or harmonic. And those tones are in in the music world, what they call cycle of fifths, it's, it's, they're five notes apart. This is just one, one little thing that happens is that when you hear that interval, it balances the right and left hemispheres of the brain. We tend to be at any given time of day, either right brain dominant or left brain dominant. It has all to do with the circadian rhythms. There's, there's an entire yoga specifically about that. And when the right and left hemispheres are balanced, that sets up an environment that is most conducive to deep meditation. It's just a thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, a neuroscientist could probably tell you more about how or why that happens. I just know that happens. <laughs> so, you know, so again, you're lowering cortisol levels, you're balancing serotonin and melatonin. There are other instruments that, that you know, very specifically tuning forks that are tuned to very specific frequencies I have a set of tuning forks called brain tuners. And so there's basically a fundamental tone. And at the same time as the fundamental tone, you play another tuning fork, either beta for peak concentration, alpha for kind of, you could say like being in the zone, kind of relaxing, but extroverted, maybe like when you're out taking a walk or, you know, in, in some kind of a creative groove, theta for deep meditation, delta for deep sleep. And, and that was what immediately came to my mind when you were talking about, you know, people being, you know, in, in a state of overexcitability, anxiety, or whatever. And I thought, well, the alpha tuners, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the alpha with the fundamental. Be, and, you know, I've, I have 
essentially prescribed these tuning forks for people for different conditions. I've had people who had insomnia and I was like, get the brain tuners, use the fundamental and the delta tuner before you go to sleep. And what it does is, is the combination of frequencies entrains the brainwave to that particular delta. Like I think the delta, if I'm not mistaken, is one to four cycles per second. Then the theta is four to seven or four to nine cycles per second, something something like that. And they, you know, it increases mm-hmm. with, you know, sort of coming out of that deep state. And all you need to do literally is tap the tuning forks. You just tap them and hold them up to your ears. And my my teacher, John Bolia, who who I use, there's lots of there's lots of different systems with tuning forks out there. I use his system, his protocols. And John says it takes 40 seconds to entrain the brain waves to another frequency. I have personally found that it to take even less time than that. If I'm feeling scattered and I have stuff I need to get done. In fact, I did it when I was setting up in here mm-hmm. today. I was like, I need to use the beta tuners mm-hmm. because I wanted to go over and stir my soup. And I was like, no, you've got to get in here and get this. You know, so I just did the beta tuners for like 20 seconds. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm focused. Boom. And so, so there are, <laughs> there are very, very simple tools that are extremely effective. You know, it can be something like you've experienced the vibroacoustic therapy that I do, which is using a sound mat, or it could be a recliner that has speakers built into mm-hmm. it. And you play music through it, the receiver essentially is is feeling the vibrations of the music through your whole body. It sets up, it sets you up in a place of deep relaxation within five minutes. I've seen people drop in really fast, depending on what's going on with somebody. You may, there may be music that you're using for grounding. It may be that somebody has a lot of physical pain, so you want something that's more ambient that will take them out of their body. It you know I've I've been doing vibroacoustic therapy for over 25 years and have used it for people for all kinds of conditions for anxiety, for depression, for tinnitus, for physical pain, lymphatic drainage because you have this this subtle vibration that's moving through the body. And it's wonderful for lymphatic drainage for, for all kinds of stuff. I have used it and seen tremendous results with that, with that therapy in particular. So. Oh yes. I I can attest to the vibroacoustic sound table. I love it. I've even had two experiences where I came and did three in a row, three days in a row of a session every day and it was transformative and they were also totally different. It's like, you'd think, okay, well I'm in the same room on the same bed and, but it's totally different where I am, the experience, the music you play, the aromatherapy you use, all of the different pieces of it all add to just in a really amazing experience. So I don't think any words really do it justice. 
the way I see it. Anyway, so Rosie, what do you do for fun? <laughs> Play music. <laughs> what else do I do? Play music, color. I, I mean, I'm always walking through this space and, and, and you know, I don't know, picking up my guitar or playing the gongs. Or I'm, I'm, I'm always exploring with sound. I'm always exploring with sound. I had a friend here visiting a few days ago and, uh, and he was cracking up because I was cooking. I think I was cooking Thanksgiving dinner. And so I had all these bowls out, like my, my stainless steel bowls. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, listen to this bowl. And I'm like tapping it with a wooden spoon. I'm like, oh my God. You know, I, I, I love being outside. I love being with people. I love life. There's, there's, there's so much that I think that I do for fun. I watch movies. <laughs> and, and I think that knowing you as, much, as long as I have, I think just life in general is fun. I think you're going to find fun no matter what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So share with everybody a little bit about, because you're still human and stress still happens in your life and things happen, right? And sometimes people will say, yeah, but you guys have been doing it forever. And, and so you just never have a hard time. And so has there ever been a time where like either somebody didn't understand you or it was like really hard and give people a couple tips of if they're going through a really hard time, like what are some tangible things somebody can do to help ease them through some something that might be difficult? You know, it's really interesting because as a healer, it's easy to forget to use one's own tools. I mean, that's what I, I find that it's easy to forget to use one's own tools. And, you know, I think, I think the things that are most, most immediately helpful for me are playing a piece of music and changing my energy because I, I can change my energy so quickly that way. Do I remember to do it when I'm walking around in a funk? Not necessarily. And I, then I have to stop and go, Rosie, you know, you, you got this. Like, you know what to do. What would you tell somebody else to do? Mm -hmm. Put on a piece of music that inspires you. Go take a walk outside. Read something inspirational. You know, just, just think about what it is that you have access to that can change your state. And I think the real issue for me, I know that the real issue for me is stopping and remembering to take the first step and, mm -hmm. and like cutting off that tape loop before it's just, you know, I'm, I'm spinning around with it. Yeah, that's really good. I really love that. Cause I always teach people a very similar thing, like just stop. Everybody, everybody like in here, stop, stop. And let's just breathe for a minute and then use what we already know or be open to a suggestion. But the stopping and taking a breath and just exhaling for a minute or maybe two or three breaths to stop that loop is life changing. And and sometimes this, the most simple things elude us when we're in a funk. And sometimes the most simple things elude us when we're kind of just going through the day like we forget. And so that's a really powerful reminder. I appreciate that very much. 
So what's the most memorable food you've ever eaten? The most memorable food I've ever eaten. <laughs> what immediately comes to my mind is a few years ago, my sister and I were in Napa Valley and we went to some restaurant. I can't remember the name of I can't remember the name of the of the town that we were in, but it was some famous seafood restaurant we went to. But they had I want to say it was like a it was some kind of panna cotta. It was some kind of panna cotta. And I was like, like, I want to say it was like a grapefruit lime panna cotta or something. I don't know. But I know that both my sister Miranda and I, we were like, this is hands down. In that case, it was the best dessert, but it was seriously like intoxicating. It was just incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That's great. So before we end the show, I always like to make sure that my guests have said everything they want to say. If you're loving what Rosie is saying, all of her bio or information, her links and everything are in the show notes for you to reach out to her. She can work with you virtually or in person. And uh, you can just follow her and and learn about all the things that she's up to because she travels around and teaches and offers things um, in the Northeast and in Florida and out West. You never know. It's almost like we're going to play a game instead of where's Waldo. It's going to be where's Rosie soon. Um, <laughs> so you'll be able to find all the information in the show notes. So is there anything, Rosie, that you would like to share that like I didn't ask about or that's on your heart so that when we close the show, you feel totally satisfied? No, I really feel like we really we we covered some really good key key points and you asked great questions. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's so fun having you on the show. Now, your final question of the show, which is my favorite question to ask, is this. We are going to put a billboard up that the entire world is going to see with your quote on it. What is your message for the world that we would put on this billboard? Nothing's coming to me. There's got to be something. Just love yourself. Oh, I love that. Just love yourself. That is a beautiful message. Thank you. See, it comes through so beautifully. Thank you so much for being here. Thank so, you. So everybody, as Rosie says, love yourself. Keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. And we know that when we're living our true, authentic life with integrity, that our brilliance cannot be underscored. So go out there and let all of your genius show up in its quirky, neat, amazing ways. And until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.